It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in. Third and final hour of the program here on Tuesday. Room for you at 508-996-0500. And at some point today, we will give away, some point in this hour, we will give away a pair of three-day passes to Boston Calling. We're going to be doing it every day this week. All you have to do to enter is go to WBSM.com or the WBSM app. Fill out your information and the story there, and you will be entered to win this $700 value prize. You'll get wristbands that allow you into all three days of all the great music at Boston Calling. Coming up this Memorial Day weekend at the Harvard Athletic Complex. You can get tickets still at bostoncalling.com, but of course, you can go go to WBSM.com and try to win them. So you might have heard in the news there, that they uh, they talked about the writer's strike that's happening and how the late-night TV shows will be the first affected. Well, that's that's because they write everything the day of. So they're, they're, you know, they're trying to be topical. They, the monologues are written you know, hours before the show at a lot of times, hours before rehearsal. And, uh, and I actually know somebody who used to... I know a couple people, but uh, somebody used to, who used to uh, be a joke writer for, for Jay Leno, an independent joke writer... Like, he wasn't on staff, but he would write jokes and fax them in. And then if they wanted to use them, they would pay him per joke. And, you know, he said, you're writing stuff at like three or four in the afternoon, our time, so that, you know, they can rehearse it when it's three or four in the afternoon, their time, because they're filming at five. So it's it's a very fast-paced thing, and so that's why they're going to be the first ones to not be around, because they're writing things live on the fly and about the day. Uh, but then you're going to start to see some other shows, depending on how long the strike goes on, some other shows that will start to, you know, have maybe less episodes or more reruns. So, for example, I would think Saturday Night Live probably um, will have some issues because they did in the previous writer strike in, in 2007, 2008. And, and I think they still have a few, you know, live episodes planned for this year, this season. I don't think they've had, they haven't had the season finale yet. But some of these shows that you're watching now that are in production, you know, these, these uh, scripted television shows that you're watching now, they probably won't be affected right away. They'll be able to finish out their seasons because they're all pretty much at the end of their seasons or they're running episodes that were already written and filmed. Uh, some shows like Yellowstone, for example, might have an issue. I don't know if uh, uh, the guy who writes all the show, the guy who created the show. Taylor Sheridan. I don't know if he is a member of the Writers Guild, but if he is, you know, he's and he's going to stand in support of the Guild. He hasn't written those episodes yet for the two weeks that they're only going to have Kevin Costner to film this for the summer. So that's going to cause some problems. And uh, and remember what happened last time. This 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 writer strike went on from November of 07 to February of 08. So it wasn't a long period of time. But it led to a lot of reality shows popping up because those don't use writers. It led to a lot of, you know, there were many shows that already had scripts ready to go because they hadn't filmed yet. A lot of these shows that you watch on TV, so if you're watching um, 
I don't know, just pick a pick a TV show, a sitcom on a on a major network or a drama on a major network. So the reason why they have these breaks, and you say, well, why did they go on break for a month and they didn't have a new episode? The reason why they have these breaks is because they film some of the episodes, the show gets picked up, then they wait to see if it gets picked up for more episodes, then they film more episodes. So a lot of them are filming, you know, the end of the season around Christmas, January, that time of year. They're filming the episodes that will air later in the year. So right now you're at the point where some of those shows have already been filmed. So you're going you're gonna to be okay for some of the stuff that you're watching now. It'll have an effect when stuff comes back late later on, depending on how long the strike goes for. So just keep that in mind. I know people hear about it and they think, you know, what does this mean? Does that mean that I'm not going to have a new episode of my favorite show on tonight? I think you'll be fine for this season as long as your favorite show isn't a late night talk show or something like, you know, The View or shows like that during the day where they have people that are writing things that are uh, topical to the day. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm here. Uh, Tim, uh, do you think in the future uh, this uh, artificial intelligence might put these people permanently out of work? Writing, uh, you know, uh, stuff for the shows or scripts for uh, series, things like that. Even in, in your field, do you think maybe they could, you know, uh, replicate your voice and your thinking and attitude and, and maybe in the future this is uh, unfortunately a way things may go? So there, there has been a lot of talk about that. Uh, Drew, Drew Carey actually has a radio show on Sirius XM, and they, they have ChatGPT, which writes the scripts. So he used ChatGPT to have it write an entire episode of his show. And then he, there's an a, a AI program called Radio GPT, where it, does, it basically impersonates the human voice. Mm -hmm. And so he used ChatGPT to write the show, and he used Radio GPT to have it perform it as Drew Carey. And so they put it, he put it out on the air and people picked up on it and they said, this sounds a little bit robotic. This sounds weird. And then he came forward and admitted that he did it as an experiment. And they said, please don't ever do that again. But, you know, the fact is like people did pick up on it. I think part of the problem is, is there, so it's twofold. One, you're going to get a lot of instances where like people are going to try to do celebrity impressions by utilizing this and saying like make it sound like Christopher Walken mm -hmm. and then you know you might get commercials submitted to you and then they tell because this actually happened on Cape Cod there was a guy who used an Al Pacino impersonator mm -hmm. to promote his restaurant and he told the radio station that it was really Al Pacino because he's friends with Al Pacino and he cut the commercial for him so they ran the commercial for years not knowing that it wasn't Al Pacino and ended up I think they ended up getting sued for it <laughs> so you could do the same thing with with this with this AI technology now they talked to us about how to utilize it and how to incorporate it into our lives without having it become something that we use as a crutch you know it's like so you might say to chat gpt um what are some of the important things that people are talking about in New Bedford, Massachusetts today? And it might give you a list of topics. And then you say, okay, well, then I'll talk about those topics today. But in terms of actually having it, like, do the work for you, I think it's going to be a long time before it would be something that could step in before people would notice. And the other part of it, too, is can it adjust on the fly? That's the other problem. Well, I, I would hope so for all the people that would be involved and. In Imagine the economic problems that would cause if that happens. I know the stuff seems to be getting better and better, and uh, technology uh, moves uh, very fast. 
uh, these days. It's not like something that takes years to happen. And for, you know, your sake and you know, people like you and these writers and stuff, uh, you know, I, I wonder, you know, if it does take over, I don't know, 50 years down the line, uh, what would people do, that sort of thing, you know. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. Uh, I saw something on TV where they showed a, a film of uh, uh, Will Smith eating spaghetti or something like that. And, yeah, I could tell it wasn't exactly Will Smith, but it was, you know, really close. And I, I don't know what this Will is coming to, uh, you know, a brave new world. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Well, I mean, the deep fakes. Even pictures of, of people, uh, like uh, you know, uh, uh, having Donald Trump say something he didn't say and Biden say something he didn't say. Yeah, you know. deep, if, deep if fakes are a better, real issue. Yeah, as it gets better, how are you going to be able to tell the, the difference between the two? You know, that's that sort of thing. Uh, it's uh, uh, really crazy. I don't know. Uh, let me let me just give you an example. As you know, as you were speaking, I just went into Chat GPT and I typed in, you know, what what issues and topics are people in New Bedford, Massachusetts, talking about today? And it told me, as an AI language model, I don't have real-time access to current events or social media feeds. However, I can suggest some common topics that people in New Bedford, Massachusetts, might be talking about based on recent trends and local news coverage. And the number one thing that comes in there is COVID-19. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a while before, you know, I have to worry about ChatGPT being able to take over my well, job. Well, I don't know. You better keep your spooky uh, stuff going and doing that, that sort of investigation and stuff because, I don't know, you... You may be relying upon that in oh, the that, future. That doesn't make much money for me, no. Well, I got to find another hustle. You know, uh, I, I keep on thinking of the song, When I'm 64. What are you going to, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? I, I keep on thinking of it all the time as, uh, as um, people age and stuff. Uh, well, I saw a documentary once called The Matrix where the, the machines needed us to live. They had to feed off of us to live. So we'll be okay. They'll keep feeding us. But whether or not they'll need us is a different story. Yeah. All right, Tim. Uh, wish you the best, and uh, keep on keeping on. All right. Have a good day. Take care, Spooky. And uh, this, the funny thing is, is he has no idea. He was just talking to a robot that entire time. Uh, 508-99... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Oh, hold on. Let me hit that again. There you go. Now you're on WBSM. Hi. How are you? Tim, this is good. How are you? You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about now because I'm in the other room, but I, I know the number by heart. Anyway, um, have you ever checked out that um, uh, Five Bridge Inn in Rehoboth. <clears throat> Rehoboth? No, Five Bridge Inn? Yeah. So you it's get like five a... bridges before you get there, and it's like it was built in the 1800s. And, um, or 17, 17, uh, 18th century. And, um, and uh, the, uh, my, now it's, it's for weddings, but they just, did the, they just had their first wedding there the other day. But it, it's all done over, and they have like, uh, it's, Got a built-in pool there. I mean, it's real old. It used to be a barn and all that. And I don't know if it's haunted or not. Well, I'm taking a look at it online here. It's a it's a beautiful spot. Isn't isn't it gorgeous? I mean, I can reach I'm, out to them and see if they are having having any uh, anything going on. And see, that's the benefit is like a lot of times when places have ghostly activity, you know, they can utilize that as a new revenue source. So I say to a place like this, like, hey, can we come in and look for ghosts? Because if we can find them, maybe we can help you put on some events where you can make some extra money in the times that you're not, you know, when you're not during your busy season. Yeah, because I know they just opened up again because they just did the whole place over. And they even have a she shed and all that. They have a museum there. I don't know where it is, but they said there's a museum in there and all that. Probably with all the old, old things. They have like an old kitchen. Like they have to have some ghosts in there. 
Yeah, it looks beautiful. <laughs> well, at the very least, I'll have to to go and check out the museum. But it um it it Good. could be a possibility. I'll I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah, you should, because uh, my friend's uh, daughter's getting married there in June. I didn't want to tell her I called about it. <laughs> well, but, um, maybe, hey, if she tells you anything weird happened at her wedding, let me know. Yeah, I know. I will. All right. You All take right. care. Have a you good as day. well. Take care. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, I, I love, like, these little, these small historic places because, you know, there's not a lot that taints their history. So you ha- you have the opportunity to get in there and, and they usually have pretty good record keeping of things and uh, you, or they've had people who have done the work to, to look up a lot of that stuff. And I like to say to them, well, you know, all that time, like in the wintertime when nobody's coming here to get married or nobody's staying the night here because it's not tourist season or any of that, like we could make some money for you and help you stay alive. And it's it's so nice to to be able to do that and to see the effect that we can have. Like when, when we gave the first check to Fort Tabor, to the military museum, the first time we did an event over there, we're not, we're not allowed to do them anymore, but when we did it over there and we gave them the check, they looked at us and they said, you're going to allow the museum now to stay open all winter when we would have had to have closed because we don't have the money to, to keep the heat on. But now we're going to be able to pay the heat all winter and keep the museum open all winter. Or when we the first time we presented a check to the Wareham Historical Society for the Fearing Tavern, and they said, this is going to go toward replacing these 400-year-old floorboards in front of the door, which has to be done a certain way with certain materials by certain people that are licensed a certain way. And now every time we go there and we walk through the threshold of the Fearing Tavern, we can tell whatever group is there to look for ghosts. It's people like yourselves who replace those floorboards right there. And it's it's just really nice to, to see that work pay off you know and to see to see those attempts to preserve history actually preserve history anyway i'm going to take a break here when we come back on the other side since we got a little paranormal there we can talk about the article i have up at wbsm.com and on the app about ufos again you know there's probably an earthly explanation for these but it's worth discussing uh and you can read all about them at wbsm.com and on the apple we'll touch upon them a little bit here on the air and then also I want to direct you over to SeizeTheDeal.com because we have a number of great deals on sale right now and some that are going on sale very soon. So right now, you can go there and you can get $50 to Festiva Buffet for just $25. You can get $50 to Yas Chicken for just $25. You can get $50 to The Lobster Pot for just $25. How about $30 to Peyton's for just $15? $50 to Mr. Chicken for just $25. Uh, $50 to Buddies and Brother for just $25. $50 to the Bridgeview Grill for just $25. $30 to one of my favorite places, Yozakura Sushi, for just 15 bucks. So many more available for you right there at SeizeTheDeal.com. And then coming soon, we have $50 to the Old Grist Mill for just $25. And take a look at the photo of that lobster roll. That's at SeizeTheDeal.com. And tell me, you don't want to get that at half price. So check it out every day, SeizeTheDeal.com. There are always great deals on sale for you there. That's how we like to save you money because we know we know that you like to go out to eat. We do too. And uh, there's nothing more important than being able to save money as you do that. So SeizeTheDeal.com each and every day. Make it the place that you go first thing in the morning when you wake up so that you know what deals you want to get that day. All right, we'll take a break and be back in a few moments. 508-996-0500. Do you want to get right?
back in, 508-996-0500. Or you can hit us up on App Chat or Open Line on the WBSM app. Uh, HT in New Bedford sent in a couple of messages here. 20 years ago, I had my wedding at the Five Bridges Inn, and uh, me and my entire wedding party stayed the night and didn't experience anything out of the ordinary. Um, HT, I'm sorry that on your honeymoon, you didn't experience anything out of the ordinary. I mean, you would think that at least would be the one night that you would, but uh, oh, you mean paranormally. Oh, okay. I understand that. Uh, he says, also, is chat GPT an app? Is it free to use? I'd love to attempt to write a song using AI. So chat GPT is free to use, uh, and they do. They have just launched an app, or they're, they're launching an app. I, I saw an advertisement. So as I go through, you know, you go through Instagram. Uh, when you go through stories on Instagram, you'll get ads that pop up after every story or every couple of stories. And... Um, I saw an ad that said, you know, chat GPT is now an app. I don't know if it's released yet or if it's been put out yet. I don't, I didn't download it. I go to it through the browser. So just type in chat GPT and it'll bring you to it. Sometimes it's, um, the server is overloaded and you have to wait a little, you know, wait a couple minutes to get in. But usually I just refresh a couple times and it gets me in. And then once you're in, you can, you know, try it out and see what you think. You type, you tell it what it is that you want it to do and it does it. And I've tried, you know, writing, you know, I've tried to have it like write things for me, like write a bio for, for Tim Weisberg, the paranormal researcher. And it just, it's okay. It's not great. When um, the State of the Union happened, uh, the President Biden's State of the Union address, I went into chat GPT and I said, write President Biden's 2023 State of the Union address. And then while I was watching the State of the Union, I saw if it, you know, kind of matched up, if it was along the same lines of what would be talked about. And so, you know, just little things like that that I've done to experiment with it. It's, it's I don't know, it's fun. Uh, I don't have an overwhelming fear that it's going to replace us. But I also think that it's, you know, something that will have to be, you know, you're going to have to keep an eye out for it. Teachers are going to have to keep an eye out for it. Did a student write this or did they use chat GPT to write this? You know, uh, HT says he's going to attempt to write a song. And I know, you know, doing that just for fun and for experimentation. But imagine if you had it write a song that was, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Like this, this seems like it could be a hit song. And then you go and you actually publish the song and you're getting the credit for it, but it was written by chat G GPT. You see where there's going to be all kinds of pitfalls and hangups that happen as a result of this technology. And I don't think it's ever going to, you know, become Terminator level stuff. It's not going to become self-aware and eliminate human beings. What's going to happen is, is it's going to become overly reliant. People are going to become overly reliant on it and lose the skills that they once had that, this program would replace. So it's, it, it, you can say, okay, well, Radio GPT can be the new voice of radio. You don't need human beings anymore to talk on the radio. Yeah, but you do. Because they'll never be able to duplicate the emotion that happens, especially in a breaking news situation or when there's, you know, sad news to report or when, you just have to react on the fly to something a caller has said. You know, like, I don't think that there's necessarily going to be a perfection of all of that that would allow it to take over. Just for example, this job. You know, this is about human connection. Now, could it be that they don't need human beings and stations that play music? 
and that they can get from one song to another and give you interesting facts and promote things that are going on and, you know, talk about the weather and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then people who do that are probably concerned about it. But I think that even then, people can feel that human connection in that job, so they shouldn't really be worried, I don't think. I think, like, people need that. The same way people can tell when somebody comes across on the radio is, like, that person's not genuine. That person's just a, an, they're just doing an act. And, and, and it, it doesn't feel right to me. It, it'll feel that same way when you hear it, if it was being done that way. I can tell you this. Everybody that I know in the business is doing everything they can to not utilize it, but at the same time, certainly experimenting with it because they're interested in seeing just how far away it really is. But I think it's going to take a long time before we're replaced by robots and our, uh, our machine overlords. So don't worry. You don't have anything to worry about. And you adapt. You adapt. If, is it people who have learned who have had their jobs replaced by technology? There's adaptations that can happen as a result of it. Sometimes they can't, but there's usually there's usually a need for humans behind the machines in some form or fashion. And, uh, and I always just say, just don't make it so you can't pull the plug, right? Like, it's nice to have uh, machines that can operate on, on, on solar power and run in perpetuity, but also you, you got to have an off switch. And as long as, we, as long as they have an off switch, we remain in control. That was the biggest mistake they, they made. They just didn't put an off switch on the Terminator. Anyway, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. But if, you know, I do recommend that you check it out, ChatGPT. It's easy to use. Um, you just go into it and you type in what you want it to do and then you just watch as it, as it generates it. And it will tell you like it did with me. I, I can't talk about current issues, but here's what people are talking about in the area. So maybe I might want to utilize it sometime to say, you know, what are the top five haunted places in Massachusetts? And it writes me out a list. And then I could tell you, well, according to chat GPT, these are the five most haunted places. But that's the key. People got to remember to keep saying according to chat GPT instead of just citing it as their own work. 508-996-0500. So let's get into, speaking, and I, I swear I wrote this article by myself. Um, well, actually not by myself. It was through the great reports that come into the National UFO Reporting Center. Uh, that is a place that I visit every now and then, especially like if we're going to be talking about uh, UFOs on spooky South Coast. I always like to go to see if there's been any new reports in the area. But I've been writing these articles to kind of keep you up to date with when and where some of this stuff might have been happening across the South Coast. And I've kept a gallery going that goes all the way back to, I think, 2018 with local reports that have been sent into the National UFO Reporting Center. So from the Cape, from, you know, here on the South Coast, from Wareham to Westport, uh, Fall River, Somerset, Swansea, uh, up into the Bridgewater, Taunton area, Middleborough, Lakeville, you know, kind of a, a radius here because if if something happens in in Taunton, there's a good chance that people in New Bedford could also see it in the sky. You know, depending on how high up it is. So I think that you know, bringing in all of these local reports is is important. And because we write a lot about individual UFO stories, like somebody will catch something on video and send it to us or post it on social media, 
I always encourage those people to make sure that they report it to the National UFO Reporting Center so that they can, you know, the, the, the National UFO Reporting Center can document that and have it available for other people to check out because maybe they have the same sighting. So I called the article six South Coast UFO sightings so far in 2023, but there are there is one from 2022 that I just didn't have in the last article because I wrote the last article before the last sighting of 2022. So I added it into this one, which just happened to be a New Bedford sighting. Two friends were walking home from uh, the Shop and Save 24-hour store over on Ashley Boulevard. They were walking out. It was about 3 o'clock in the morning as they were leaving the store when they absorbed a big, observed a big bright orb in the sky that they described as, quote, not of this world. And so that's two people that saw the same thing. And you can read more about that report at WBSM.com and on the app. There was also the ongoing Lakeville UFO saga. The man who lives in Lakeville who has been seeing these ships over his home, over his yard, that are large ships with smaller ships that come out of it. And he says they fly just above the tree line or just below the tree line. And... They have um, planes, like earthbound planes that follow them around and all of these lights that shoot down into the sky. And, you know, but none of his neighbors report seeing any of this. And there are no other reports going into the National UFO Reporting Center about this. But, you know, these are the stories that he's sharing. And the latest development is that he has actually been physically marked in these experiences. There's physical marks left on his body. Uh, and then there's one from Carver, there's one from Fall River, but one that really caught my attention was a person who was traveling home from Plymouth toward like the Somerset area. And it was about 1030 at night and this person saw a series of sightings. So first it was three bright lights flying over the highway and then he stopped to get gas and they disappeared and then they came back as he was driving down uh, 24 and eventually there were four craft that were there that he saw flying right over the town of Somerset. So, And this was happening, again, at a time where it's not late at night. 10.30 is pretty early. I don't know what day of the week it was. I mean, I have the date in the story, but I don't remember what day of the week it was. But you would think that more people would have these sightings and experiences. So not everybody that has these experiences knows that the National UFO Reporting Center exists. So maybe sharing these stories out gets them to say, oh my gosh, I saw something in the sky in the same area that same night. And then they might comment under the story and I'll go in and say, well, please, you know, report this to the National UFO Reporting Center. And of course, we already got all the comments that happened under the story on Facebook. Of, you know, aliens aren't real. You people are on drugs, all that stuff. Like nobody is saying that what these things are, are alien craft from another ship, uh, from another planet. Some, some people might, in their reports, you know, describe seeing figures or anything like that, but that's very, very rare. What you're getting is people who are seeing strange phenomena in the sky that they can't explain, which is something that the Department of Intelligence told us just a few years ago that is something that has been happening. They acknowledged it. They didn't use the word alien. They didn't use the word extraterrestrial. But they said that there are anomalous things that happen in the sky that can't be explained as of yet. And that's what these reports are about. The same idea. Things in the sky that cannot be explained. So maybe 
you have seen something similarly anomalous, but you never, your mind doesn't go to the idea of UFOs. You know, maybe you saw the exact same thing, but you didn't think to go to a UFO reporting site to report it. So maybe sharing this around will get some people to share that. And again, there's no, there shouldn't be a stigma with reporting something strange in the sky. Unfortunately, that became the norm for far too many years. Uh, and so, unfortunately, now what you have happening is people reluctant to come forward. But just saying that you saw something weird in the sky, there's a lot of weird things that happen in the sky. And maybe by sharing it, people can tell you, oh, that's what it was. So many of these reports that go in there, you know, end up getting um, debunked, we'll say. Because the National UFO Reporting Center does a little digging and says, okay, we checked against the coordinates of where Starlink was at that time and it would have been in the sky over your house. Or people sometimes send in photos and they can immediately say, nope, that's Starlink. And then people learn, oh, that's what Starlink looks like in the sky. So then they don't get freaked out the next time they see it. So it's all a process of figuring out, you know, what is anomalous and what is explainable. And then you just go from there. So, uh, again, 508-996-0500 if you want to uh, chime in, if you maybe had an experience, if you want to share something that you might have seen in the skies, whether it be similar to the ones that are in the article or something else. And, of course, know that you can always send that to me anyway, even if you don't want to do it publicly, Tim at WBSM.com or hit me up on AppChat. And, um, and I'll always take your reports, even if it's not something that you feel comfortable going forward with. By the way, these reports, if you do report it into the National UFO Reporting Center, are an anonymous. So you can report it to them. Like, they'll have your contact info in case they have follow-up info, I believe. But they don't publish it. So you can, you can choose whether or not to uh, identify yourself to them. Somebody in one of these recent encounters put their name and their phone number in it and their email address. And the National UFO Reporting Center censored it out so that nobody would harass the person. And so um, feel like, you know, this is a safe place to be able to report those things. And where also they're not going to just jump to conclusions that because you saw a light in the sky, we're getting uh, invaded by, you know, alien beings from the planet Xenon or something. They're going to look into it and they're going to say, this was Starlink or, you know, this sounds like a plane or a drone or something like that. And... They only post the, I believe they only post the reports. No, I think National UFO Reporting Center posts all reports that come in. And I think it's MUFON that only puts the ones up that are anomalous. I'm, I'm not sure if I've got that backwards in my mind. But anyway, check it out at WBSM.com and on the app and uh, read some of the accounts that people have there. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a few moments.
Welcome back in 508-996-0500. I, I believe that song was from, that's Edwin Collins. I believe that was from the um, the soundtrack to, was it, was it Empire Records? But people heard that song and because of the time that it came out and because of, uh, you know, just the, the Quentin Tarantino influence on, on movies at the time, uh, people thought that that was something that must have been from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack because it had that like kind of old sounding Elvis type sound to it. But uh, nope, nope, uh, it was not from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. By the way, Pulp Fiction is going to be on the big screen uh, later on this month at the Zyterian. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they show movies from different eras and they charge that as the price. So last month they had Indiana Jones and um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They had, it's not, that's not the title of the movie. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark, Tim. Come on, don't add extra words. They had Raiders of the Lost Ark to celebrate the 80s and they charged 80 cents a ticket. And this month they're going to be showing Pulp Fiction. And because that's from the 90s, they're charging 90 cents a ticket. So don't don't tell the, the woman that I asked on a date to go see the movie with me that I only paid 90 cents for the tickets. It's so I would have money so we could go out to eat. See? Anyway, uh, we got some app chat messages. John in Fairhaven said maybe if AI did do the show, then maybe Dan in New Bedford would call in. Oh, see? Now he's calling you out, Dan. Now you got to call in. Uh, and HT in New Bedford says, Tim, didn't you interview a guy from the surrounding area a few years ago that said he was abducted by aliens and the aliens ta uh, tatted him up with an alien tattoo? Yes, that's Jim Andre from Akushnet, who... Uh, got a lot of notoriety for that story. Uh, he was a, the way he describes it is he did not have this tattoo on his body. He was abducted by aliens when he came back down, when they returned him to, to Earth. He had an alien tattoo. And uh, Jim has gone on to become uh, somebody who is a um, personality in the ufology field. So he has his own website. He does his own uh, like uh, online radio shows. So uh, Jim has actually been somebody who has really dove headfirst into the idea of extraterrestrials and whether or not they are abducting people and visiting this planet. Now, those of you who listen to Spooky South Coast know that my co-host on Spooky South Coast, Matt Moniz, has, is a contactee, as they call it. He's a contactee himself. He's somebody who has been abducted, so he says. I mean, I... Again, this is, I have no reason not to believe him, but this is what he says, is that he was taking aboard uh, a ship multiple times and has met people on the ship that he later met on Earth because he felt like these extraterrestrials were kind of putting them together, like they, they were matchmaking, for lack of a better term. Uh, but he's also worked with a lot of contactees and abductees as part of the Intruders Foundation, which was founded by a man named Bud Hopkins. And uh, Bud spent a, a number of decades working with people who felt like they had been abducted. And so Moniz works with them, and he has done, like, hypnotic regression on people and, you know, documented. And his specialty has been those types of cases where people meet on the ship and then meet later on in life that he's found that they end up in romantic relationships or business partnerships or all these different ways that somehow, you know, they were thrust together by whatever these things are. Some of it's way too far for me to be willing to believe, but I do think that there's something to the idea of what people are seeing in the skies, uh, possibly having an anomalous origin. 
Whether or not you want to believe it is a different story. You can read the article, though, at WBSM.com and on the app, and you'll see it's not, it's not, um, this isn't people saying I was, you know, taken aboard a craft and experimented on and returned after being probed and all that. No, these are just people who are out and about on the South Coast, happen to look up in the sky and see something strange. And as somebody who's had that experience myself a few times, I'd like to know what it is that I saw. Again, I don't think that it's alien beings from another planet, but I think there's some sort of strange explanation beyond just me seeing things. So, again, you know, check out the story for yourself and you can decide how much of it that you want to believe, but we'll keep updating that every few months as more reports come into the National UFO Reporting Center, which you can always check out on your own as well. So if uh, if you ever do see something strange up in the sky and you want to verify it, just go to... uh, I think it's nufo.org or natufo.org. I forget the exact link, but just type in National UFO Reporting Center and you'll find it. And uh, they do a great job over there. So it's really one guy who who runs things over there, uh, Peter Davenport. And he's done it for a number of years and he does a great job with it. So you can check that out and see. All right, I got to take my final break of the morning. Be back in a few moments. Welcome back in the final few moments of the program here on Tuesday. Uh, Tomorrow, a reminder that Mayor Mitchell will not be joining us because tomorrow is the State of the City Address, which we will carry live for you here on WBSM. I'm going to run right over to New Bedford High School after the show to set up everything to stream that live. Also, congratulations go out to uh, Ian Abreu and the Silmo Packaging Company because today they are launched now in Shaw's locations up and down southeastern New England, Dartmouth, Fall River, Barrington, Wakefield, Cranston, East Falmouth, Carver, East Providence, Middletown, Raynham, Plymouth, Warwick, Wareham, North Providence, and uh, Barrington. All of those locations now carry Silmo syrup. So if you're looking for a, a place to get it that's, a, you know, where you're doing your regular shopping, uh, you can get it right there at Shaw's now in those locations. So... Congratulations to Ian and everybody helping him out with Silmo. And it's great to see the product come back and to now have it available uh, across those areas because I got really tired of my friends in other places asking me to grab them a bottle. It's like, you can order it online. You don't need me to bring it to you. Mainly because I don't go anywhere. So I don't know when I'm going to see you. And I'm going to end up buying the bottle and using it myself before it ever gets to you anyway. All right, well, stay tuned because we have Barry Richard coming up after Bill O'Reilly, and then later on, Howie Carr. And then after that, we will have South Coast tonight. Once again, Jessica Machado will be filling in tonight for Marcus. So you can hear her this evening from 7 to 10. And uh, and I'm no, I know she's very excited to talk with all of you. She loves getting your app chat messages. She loves getting your phone calls. And, uh, and if you missed it, you can hear it on the South Coast Tonight podcast feed from last night when she filled in. But that'll do it for me for today. Until tomorrow, everybody have a great day. Keep looking up at the skies and enjoy every single